0: Thank you for tuning in to the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. And I want to ask the question, won't anyone, get this thought? Will anyone go to heaven because of the way you use your money? Will anyone... Go to heaven because of the way you use your money, and you know everyone has a different view and feeling about money, and mostly it's because of the way we were were raised. My dad was 48 when my twin sister and I were born, and so and they were affluent, so we we never thought of money, we never worried about it. Becky's mother was 26 and had six kids; they thought about that a lot. So our view of money is usually how we were raised. Now, I know you may ask, why is the church, I knew and I got drug here, why are they talking about money? It's because God talks a lot about money. And skip this, 16 of the 38 stories or parables that Jesus told in the gospel dealt with money. Nearly 25% of all of Jesus' words in the New Testament Deal with money. One, get this, one out of 10 verses of the gospel deal with money, and there are more than 2,000 scriptures on giving money. The poor, the needy, and tithing in the scripture. Compared to faith and prayer, it's more than double in the scriptures. Now, I want to do this, and I want you to know God's not trying to get something from you. God doesn't need anything we have. He's God all by himself. He doesn't need a life coach. He doesn't need deity counseling. God is God all by himself. Can't be added to. Can't be taken away. He's not trying to get something from us. but to us through us and for us can you say amen and we really do believe that now today Here it goes. I want to dedicate this because we're talking about charitable giving, number one, to Adam and Melissa. This is a very successful couple sitting on the front row. I'm giving them a shout out. They live in Santa Barbara, Montecito. And right before, uh, right as COVID started, Adam was on Facebook and he saw some elderly people in his area that he knew that were struggling getting their prescriptions, uh, shopping. So he simply made a post and said, hey, if you need anything, and that's how it began, picking up groceries, going to the supermarket, to the pharmacy. They now feed hundreds of people every week. And you know what they call them? Adam's Angels. Good God, Adam. They're clapping for you more than me. Come on. And we should. And can I tell you, there will be many people in heaven because of him and her. And I want to dedicate this to them. And I also want to dedicate it to a family in our church, one of the coolest families ever. And that's Jimmy and Susan Lee. And unbelievable. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. Now, I want, I want us to do this before we get right into this. I want to give you what I call the Tithe challenge that for the next 90 days, you're going to give it a try. And really it's not trying is based on trust, but trust. Sometimes we have to start with a couple steps of trying that lead into trusting God. And we will begin this challenge on March the 5th and go 90 days with our tithe challenge. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6, And we're going to read verses 21 and 24. And Jesus said these words. And here we go. It says here in Matthew chapter 6, 21. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters either you will hate one and love the other or you will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve god and money or both god and money and so that's that's jesus speaking then uh, let's just read 24 again no one can serve two masters either you'll hate one and love the other or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve both god And money. Now, again, he's not after your money. He's not after my money, but he's after our hearts, and our hearts follow our money. So wherever I'm putting my money, that's where my heart is going to begin to follow. Now, I want to give you this. The biblical mission for our money, number one, is tithing. Tithing, you could write this down, is an act of obedience by giving to God what he says is his. Did you get that? Tithe belongs to the Lord. So when you give 10%, to God, it's not yours anyway, and there's a supernatural grace that comes on the 90%. The next one, last week, offering is an act of worship by giving God what he says is ours. We really do not worship God in one sense with the tithe. It is a part of worship, but when we give offerings, then today we're going to deal with charitable giving, get this, an act of generosity by giving the others what God has given to you. I want to repeat that. Charitable giving, and active of generosity by giving to others what God has given to you. The next week, you don't want to miss it. It's kingdom investing and it's the an act of faith by giving into people and initiatives for the expanding of God's kingdom. Now, I, I want to tell you this. If you want to be successful in life, and you want it to be fulfilling and long-lasting, they say there are three things that business people should consider or people in the marketplace. Number one is integrity. Number two is humility. How many of you think in America today we need a little bit more humility across the board, okay? And then the last one is generosity. Generosity is a part of fulfilling and having a fulfillment and a lasting contentment. Now, I want to ask you a question. Can money buy happiness? How many say yes? How I many you don't care? I just want some money. <laughs> money, money, money. You know? And so, I, okay, let's get this. Money. They have a guy. His name is uh, Mr. Norton. And he said this. He is uh, Michael Norton. He's a social scientist who did an experiment. He teaches in Harvard Business School. And they had a group of people, this collective group, which was their test group. And they gave them the same amount. Of money. They didn't give them any instructions on how to use that money. And Michael Norton said the people who spent the money they were given on themselves, they felt no change. But those who spent the money they were given on other people, meeting the needs of other people, they experienced an happiness. And I would say, I don't think money could buy us happiness, but it can create within our hearts, our soul, our lives, a- Significance or bring meaning to it, and therefore, yes, it can bring happiness to our lives. Now, Ted Turner, the guy who started CNN and satellite networks, he said, If anyone thinks that money could make them happy, they've never had it. But can I say, Where are you sending your money? You will never see a U Haul truck following a hurt. You know the hurts, the car that carries someone who's breathing the last breath? They never have a, you know, hey, make sure you get my stuff. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. and Jesus said four times in the gospel store up treasures in heaven and so that means we can send it ahead can you say amen go with me to proverbs 11:24 that's that's in the wisdom book proverbs 11:24 And it says, the world of the generous, do you hear this? Gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy or the hoarder gets smaller and smaller. Let's go to another one. Go to Acts chapter 4. Acts 20, sorry. Acts 20, 35. And so this is what they say. It is more blessed to give than receive. Did you get that? It's more blessed to give than receive, all right? I wrote something down, and I want, I'm going to read it because I don't want to mess it up. But I want you to hear. I want you to breathe in with me, and I want you to hear it. And I wrote this for the time we're living in right now. In the church and culture, we need a fresh understanding of biblical economics. I have a degree in business. I'm taking macroeconomics, microeconomics, statistics, finance, accounting, you name it, marketing. So get this the church in our culture, we need a fresh understanding of biblical economics. There is a mega shift in personal finances, financial markets, and in our nation's economy. And as a result, please get this part, our discretionary spending is evaporating. And it's our discretionary spending that allows us To give an offering as an act of worship. It is our discretionary spending that allows us to literally participate in uh, charitable giving as an act. Of generosity. And next week, it is our discretionary spending that allows us to participate in kingdom-minded, vision-minded activities as an act of faith. And I believe the church is needed now more than ever in the history of the United States of America. The government is not the answer for all the needs of our city, state, and nation. I'm going to say that one more time. The government is not the source of all our needs in our states, our cities, and our nation. And I want to say this. I believe it's God who is the source, the church, family, neighbors, friends. And yes, the government should come alongside, but not be the sole source, okay? Charitable giving, please get this, is the greatest display of our faith, If you want someone to really see faith, begin to give charitable giving. Begin to incorporate that in our lives, and that is an act of generosity. Now, I was raised Catholic, and I don't think as a Catholic we were ever told to go. Now, at the end of Mass, you know, go in peace, love, and serve the world. And uh, we said it every Mass. I don't know if I ever did it, you know. I was probably intoxicated or hungover when I said it. You know, go go in peace, love, and serve the world. And really, I went in peace, but I wanted the world to love and serve me. And then I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and found myself in a Baptist church and then a Pentecostal church. And let me tell you, what's on their radar is to go and street witness. I'll never forget the first time they said, hey, Jude's accepted Jesus. Meet us Saturday. We're going evangelize. We went, it was by these bars. They had a megaphone hooked up to the car battery. And they said, Jude, give your testimony. I go, no, 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 that's not me, I'm not a preacher. And and so they said, no, tell them your story. So I get up there, then all of a sudden, I started preaching, and they go, he's a preacher. My uncle's coming out of the bar. He goes, oh, brother. (laughs) By the time I got home, mama already heard the the news that Jude's now Billy Graham. She goes, can you please go to another city and do your evangelizing? This is an embarrassment. Let me tell you, what no one will ever shun is when we start paying attention to homelessness, the poor, the needy, the marginalized, and those that Adam and Melissa are helping, that we begin to do that. That is the greatest way to witness to people. Come on. And when we are generous and we do charitable deeds and activity, and it's an act of generosity, it shows the goodness of our God. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, I want to say this. As believers in the church, are we good at meeting the needs of the marginalized? And I really do believe this. Now, you got to know this. In the Bible, the first books of the Bible, the Torah... There is a law that when a Jewish family had a field of agriculture, and we see this in Santa Barbara and Ventura and Oxnard and all over, that when they harvested, they were supposed to leave, get this, the four corners of the field they left, for the poor, the needy, the orphans, and the widows. And what does poor represent? It represents the world. The north, the south, the east, and the west. The world is hurting, and the poorest person in America would be wealthy uh, compared to the world standard. It's time for us to involve ourselves with charitable giving. Can you say amen? And I, I want you to write this down. I think we must ask ourselves the question, what will we do? For the homelessness, the homeless, the disenfranchised, the marginalized, and foster children. As Pastor Becky said, we are giving to Love Life $20,000, and that's because you gave in the Bill Together offering to help single women who have a baby starting a new life that we can help them have stability in their lives. Can you say amen? Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to James. But before you do, I want to begin to tell you this. I believe the theology of poverty as an expression of holiness is a gross error. Being raised as a Catholic, they thought to be poor and humble was to be virtuous. And I just want to clearly say that's off. And you want to know why? Because the poor cannot help the poor. And if someone is drowning because they can't swim, another person, if they jump into the pool, the ocean, or the lake, if they can't swim, they're not going to be able to swim. They both will drown. And and let me just say, I realize there's a lot of banter on social media about what is framed as the... Prosperity gospel, and I would say there's been some misunderstandings with the prosperity gospel. There's been some misapplications with that, and uh, I think we thought prosperity uh, gospel meant that I could get a bigger car, a bigger house. And God doesn't care if you get a bigger car, a bigger house. But God's economy, and I want you to know this in the church history, when it was in Latin, the Latin church fathers they would use these two words theologia theology which is the knowledge of God the study of God can I say every person should know theology because to know theology is to know God then the other Latin word was economia in that for example what is theology God is good what is theology? God is a giver. What is theology? God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. What is the economia of that theology that God is good and generous? Well, it's called salvation. It's called the cross. Now, when it comes to money, the economy of God is this. Number 1, our prosperity number 1 is for God. Number 2, it's for others. Number three, yes, it's still for ourselves, but we are last. And some of you say, oh, no, I'm giving everything away. Well, you could get sick and die, and then you won't be able to be generous to the poor, you know? And so everyone say, God first. God first. Others, Others. Then myself. And so our prosperity is always, always for the sake of God. Okay, let's go to James. Let's go to James. Go to James 1, 27. And I love this verse. How many of you want an authentic faith? How many just want a fake faith? Oh, my gosh, no. (laughs) Sometimes someone asks me, is this a prosperity church? I said, well, would you want it to be a broke church and a poverty church? We want to heal this state. Are you with me? So here it goes. This is James. This is James. Jaime, the brother of Jesus. Here we go. Pure and undefiled religion before God. So where it says pure and undefiled without stain. Where no one's going to go, ooh, they believe that before God and the Father isn't to pray loud, isn't to worship singing or lighting a candle. Get with pure religion and unstained faith in God is to visit orphans which is foster care, and widows. Those are people who are standing by themselves. Their spouse has passed away in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So did you get that? What is real faith? It is foster care. It is widows who are in trouble, and it's to keep oneself spotted. from. How do we do that? Well, really, with our money, we honor God, we honor others, and we think about ourselves last. Now, I want you to know this. In our nation, the reason why we have dedicated this sermon, this message to Jimmy and Susan Lee is because they've had foster kids throughout the years. They have three of their own children. They've had foster kids, and then they have adopted two children. And in get this, in the nation, there's over one Million foster kids 1 million foster kids you know how many churches there are in America there is 1 million churches do you realize if one family in each church in our nation would take one foster child we would have solved that problem and we would have a faith that would be so spectacular that I believe Republican Democrat government businesses would begin to cheer and it would make them say I want to think about God I want to become a Christian are you with me Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew 6, and then I'm going to give you four reasons for charitable giving. Remember, it's an act of generosity by giving to others what belongs to us. Okay, here's Matthew 6, and we're going to start reading from verse 1 to verse 4. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men. That's where we get charitable now, the old English word, for charity, swing low, sweet chariot, it means love, all right? So it's a love deed. Love action would be a better way to say it. To be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do, please circle that word. Please circle that word. Please circle when. It didn't say if. It did not say If. It didn't say if, it said when. It's a command. God is commanding us to think of foster children, homelessness, to think of the poor, the needy, the widow, the single parent. It says when, not if. It says when, not if. Say that with me. It says when. When you do your charitable deeds, do not sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, and let's just stop, charity is not just money, charity is time energy, money, service, a listening ear, an open hand, that's what charity is. He says this, when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Can I say, Adam, Melissa, there's a God in heaven who seat. He didn't do this to be recognized. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do Adam's angels and there's going to be a guy, Pastor Jude, and he's going to tell everyone. Hey, he's not supposed to tell everyone, but I want to shout it from the rooftop that there are a group of people who live in California they're not moving to Texas or Florida and they love the people of this good state and they want to make a difference come on it's not like Adam said hey I'll give you a hundred bucks if you mention my name I think we should give him a hundred bucks come on are you with me God is openly rewarding him. Now, you say, why charitable giving? Number one, Jesus commanded it. Write that down. He didn't say if. He said, when you do, Jesus commanded us to give to the poor, the needy, the homeless, foster care. He commanded it, and we just read that. Number two, I really want to say this. People are worth it. Thank you for that golf response. Everyone's worth it. I think of the human race and how fortunate we are to be alive. I don't care how different they look. I don't care what community they're in. We have a solidarity with one another. We are all made in the image, in the likeness, in the similitude of God. And when we give charitable deeds to people, they're worth it. And I want you to know this. My theology is this. If I was the only person on the planet, Jesus would have still died for me. Let's get this question. Jesus would have died for the foster child. Jesus would have died for the homeless man or woman. Jesus would have died for that single woman. Jesus would have died for anyone if it was just one because all people are worth it and the souls of people are costly. It costs the very blood of Jesus Christ that they could be declared righteous, perfect, holy, really living. Are you with me? I want people to really have a chance at this thing called living. Everybody Everybody's worth it. Yeah. When we go to the Mall of Humanity, there's no dollar store in that mall. It's all Nordstrom. Now, they may look like they came from a thrift store, but on the inside, it's got God on them. You hear me? It's got a tag that will outbeat Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and anything else, and it's never outdated. It's stamped God, God, God. We need to see everyone in the eyes that God sees them. They're valuable. Yeah. Amen? Mm. And again, the next one is a clear witness to the world. I think before, it's what Mother Teresa said. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. You kind of have to say it like Billy Graham or something. Preach the gospel. That's not Billy Graham. That's someone else. Oh, the Lord loves you. That's Billy Graham. (laughs) Preach the gospel and whenever necessary, use words. You know what I love about Mother Teresa, what I loved about her father, a very wealthy businessman, every Saturday would take her to a soup kitchen and she would help feed the poor. You should consider what you do with your children. We take them to soccer, to guitar, to dance, to the beach, to surf on vacation. I think we should have a plan once a month or at least four times a year. Why not go serve at one of the shelters? Why not go meet Adam and Melissa and take your son and your daughter and your grandchildren and let them see your family? Our family is about all people and our family is involved with the poor and the needy. We're not just throwing cash at it. We're giving them our very lives. That is the gospel. Do you know, uh, years ago when Mother Teresa was in Calcutta, they had five businessmen that were in Calcutta uh, investigating different uh, business models in India. And they said, that's Mother Teresa. They said, Mother Teresa, may we have a photo with you? And she said, sure. And so they took a picture. She smiled with her weather-worn face and a $5 cotton dress, and they were walking off. One of the businessmen said, I wouldn't do that. For a million dollars. She heard him. You know what she said? Neither would I. Neither would I. I do it because of five words. You did it unto me. Dave Patterson, who's on our board. He's the pastor of the Father's House. They're now in every federal prison live streaming. He went to the Folsom prison, and he was speaking. They had a guy who was big. I mean, he didn't even have uh, shoulder muscles. It was a trap muscle from the earlobes to the shoulder. <laughs> <sighs> had tatted head, sat there like this the whole time. Dave, after he spoke, went by the man and said, May I pray for you? I think I have a word. And said, When you were three, this happened. He began to bawl and give his heart to Jesus Christ. When Dave was driving out of the federal uh, penitentiary and he had to pull his car over because God came in the car and God said to Pastor Dave Patterson, You visited me today. You visited me today. Isn't it amazing to be an influencer and you get a picture with a celebrity or someone wealthy? God doesn't look at that social media. God's social media looks at people who visit, who care for those who no one wants to visit. That is charitable action. Why? Because they're worth it. And that's how God is most glorified and seen. I want my God to be seen in a world. But yet our God is invisible. Yet he becomes very visible when we pick up the charge to take care of poor, needy, homeless, foster care, single people, widows. Come on. Would to God we were all angels in action. Amen. Amen. Can you say amen? And the last one, not only Jesus commanded it, people are worth it. It's a clear witness to the world. We become like Jesus. When we help the disenfranchised, the marginalized, we become like Jesus. You say, where did you get this one from? He, even though he was very, very rich, Spanish, muy rico. I know you're impressed with that one. He became muy, muy poor that we, through his poverty, might become very rich. Amen? It's the way we become most like Jesus. Amen? I want to give you some scriptures on charitable giving, and then we're going to land this plane. Go to Psalms thirty-five twenty-seven. Psalms 35, 27. Again, who is going to heaven because of the way you use your money? Who is going to heaven because of the way you use your money? Here we go. Let them shout for joy. Thank you for that one. We've got one light person in the auditorium. (laughs) Let's try that one again. Let them shout for joy. Uh, It could be a little bit better than the Super Bowl last Sunday. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Okay, you know what? Some of you went like this. I mean, alert your face that you're glad, please. Okay, it says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Get this, who favor my righteous cause. Just stop on that. What is his righteous cause? It should be seen with the poor, the needy, the marginalized, those disenfranchised. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. We can't make God big because he already fills the entire universe, every atom. But when we have charitable giving, It magnifies to the world the bigness of our God. Now get this. We're going to read the next part. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God takes pleasure in blessing us, not just for us, for him, for others, and then for ourselves. Go to Isaiah. If you don't know where Isaiah is, look, just do this. It's in the middle of your Bible. Bam, you're there. Just open in the middle. Bam, that's Isaiah 32.8. And here we go. But a generous man or woman devises generous things. That means they have plans to be generous. Now, let me just stop right here. With all our discretionary spending evaporating, we have to have a plan to be generous. We have to have a plan. We all in this room and online, we want to do what I'm saying. You all like this, but we usually don't plan for it. And not all of us make the same. And I think God's wanting all of us to participate in charity. We have to make a plan. It says, a generous man devises generous thing, and by generosity he shall stand. You know what will make you stand when you want to crumble? When the market's crumbling, when things around you are falling apart? Be generous. It will cause you to have a fortitude to stand when everyone else is falling. Let's go to one more. Go to Acts 4. Go to Acts 4.32. And this says this, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Let's do two more. Can you handle two more? We're talking about charitable giving. It's acts of generosity. Go to 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8. This is our church here. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. If you feel uncomfortable when we talk about money, by the way, next week's the last one, uh, don't give. We're not into manipulation, we don't wanna twist your arm. I'm just showing you that your way you use your money for the poor, the marginalized, the homeless, you could send it ahead. You, you could store up treasure in heaven. Can I say, if you live to 110 on the earth, it cannot be compared to trillions of years in eternity. I want to sense something ahead that literally, I, and I don't want to go to heaven alone. I didn't go to prom alone. I don't go to the movies alone. I'm not going to heaven alone. And maybe my generosity to the poor is going to have lines of people behind me saying, who are you? Where are you going? We want to follow you and your God. Amen. Okay, no more preaching. Let's just read it. Imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift in the fellowship of ministering to the saints. One last one, Proverbs 1917, Proverbs 1917. "He who has pity, that, that means compassion or a deep emo- get this, a deep emotional connection. on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what He has given." Adam? You just lent to Jesus and he will pay you back. You will see. Amen? Now, what are some? I'm going to invite Riley to come up and play that synthesizer, and it's going to feel like Vegas in here. Not really. (laughs) I think some of you should begin to consider being foster parents. I think we should consider serving at a shelter. I think we should sponsor. What Becky and I have done: we have three sons, and it started off with them. We adopted three children from World Vision, and I don't know. She does the bills. I think is it ten dollars a month, fourteen a month, seven a month, whatever. I don't know. Twenty a month, and we have three. But then we got grandkids, and I said, let's do five more. And then if we remember a child who needs benevolence somehow, God will remember, my children, that we are charitable people. Charities mean love in action. I think another way we can bless people is tipping. Recently, someone said they saw me and we went out to eat and I paid for the lunch and I tipped 20%. And they said, why did you give 20%? I said, because we're living in hard times. And during COVID, it was the service industry, the restaurant industry that was hit one of the hardest. And I don't want to be a believer that's like cotton candy that tastes good, but has no substance to it. I do not believe money can buy me happiness, but the way I use my money can bring meaning, depth, insignificance that's where happiness is found and so they said this well I'm not gonna tip 20% because I only give God 10% I said and 10% is tithing I said I left that a long time ago I've been given 20% and sometimes more and but you have to plan I don't think when we say tip Generously at a restaurant means you get the dessert the app and we go big we go home And you put it on your charge card and you're in debt. That's silly I think you can't say I'm not gonna do the dessert. We'll share a meal my wife and I and let's give extra I want to begin to explain to you. You see a tip is called gratuity and that's that means Generosity and for the gratuity of our God He gave his only begotten son when we were in Italy we would go to pay for the mill, and on the, they would come with the charge card, the little machine, and when it, the receipt would print out, I would look for a tip, and they didn't have it. That, that concept wasn't in their thinking, and so we Google Translate it, tip, gratuity, and we'd show it. They understood it in Italian. They read it, or you could even push the button, and Google Translate will speak that in Italian, which is so cool. I always wanted to speak Italian. Becky got to speak Italian through Google Translate. <laughs> they didn't understand it. So I started carrying cash with me. And we'd give them $10, $20. And at first, this is exactly how they'd react. No, no. No, no. No, no. What is this? I said, we want to thank you. We want to show you charitable giving we want to show you love and action they had two people in italy <laughs> i love them two of our servers one sasha sasha graduated from university in florence he was born in russia he's ukrainian his mother would move to italy when it was about five or six never really his dad when he told me that true unstained unspotted religion takes care of an orphan or a foster child or a single parent kid and so we're giving 10 bucks 20 bucks it came to the last time we would seem for this visit and i knew i went to back i said i want to give him a hundred dollars and i had a little bit of some money that was mine and so she really couldn't say, no, it's my money, but I was doing it out of love. And so we got there a little bit early. A generous man plans to be generous. He came. I go, Sasha, come. I sit here. I gave him the $100 crystal. He goes, no, no. Think of it. He speaks English. Russian, Ukraine Spanish and Italian he has a university degree but in his nation his job is serving and he said it in this act no, no I go no, Sasha it's our gift to you this is a gift I, I, I can't pay you back I know I'm, I don't care what you do with it throw it away He goes, no, why would you do this? Why would you do this? I said, Sasha, I believe in God. He looked at me as if I was insane. And you could tell by his facial expression, it was, I thought you were intelligent, but you believe in God, maybe not. And I said, and Sasha, I believe he's good. And he's generous. And he's the greatest charitable giver. Charitable giving never started with me. It started with my God. With my God. And I have to say my earthly father. Daddy still to this day is the most generous man I've ever met. He gave to neighbors. He paid for our neighbors their college education. All my mom's brothers and sisters, they had 12 kids for their mortgage down payment to help them go to school. That was mama and daddy. And he was generous. I kid you not, before he could say no, I put my hand on Sasha's shoulder and I just started praying for him. God let him begin to see. How is an invisible God seen? Through charitable, charitable, but you have to plan for it, and you have to make adjustment. We have another favorite server. I can't remember her name, but she was born in Chile, the nation. At the age of, I believe, six or nine, her parents died. She was adopted by an Italian family, so I call her Chile. I thought that was cool. <laughs> wow. Um, she speaks English, Spanish, Italian, graduated with a literature degree from the University of Florence, brilliant, but as a server. And her, too, I thought, Becky, I want to give her a hundred bucks. And so she came and said, Chile, come. I said, Here. She starts crying. She goes, my husband and I, we have no kids. We were going on a vacation up to a lake in a different part of Italy. Our only car, our only mode of transportation. I got in an accident and the oil pan has a crack in it and they had to tow it to the mechanic and it's gonna be a hundred dollars to fix it. Now we could go on the trip. And so I asked her, I said, what do you want from your trip? She really started crying and she said, I want to have a child this year. And I said, Good news, that is God's specialty. Ask Sarah, ask Hannah, ask Elizabeth, most of all, ask the Virgin Mary. God can give you a child. And I said, I'll see you next year, and I anticipate seeing a picture or your baby. And when we prayed, she began to weep. Why? Because charitable giving is an act. Of generosity that reveals, preaches, displays God to a broken, hurting world. And get this Psalms 51 sustain me. How? by your generous spirit. I'm releasing right now a spirit of generosity in this room and online. I am releasing a spirit of generosity in California. It's not just up to the governor and the mayors and the council. We have a major part to do with this. Church history is filled with the exploits of men and women who gave, they decided to live on less to help those who had none. You know what they say, if Australia, America, Canada, and England, instead of buying Christmas gifts, that we all got it in one fund, we would be able to literally cure poverty and the hungry and homeless in one year. I think we need to make a decision we can live on a little bit less to give more to those who need it the most. Amen. Amen. And I really, really do believe that. I, I, I want you to hear this, and this is where we're going to end. Jimmy and Susan Lee, I, I work out with some high school guys, and I discipled them. Yesterday, Jared and I, we went and we worked out at 24-Hour Fitness, and what a, what a family, you guys. Jimmy Lee and Susan Lee have three kids, as I told you before. They, adop- they adopted two. They've had foster kids. And I asked Jared yesterday I said Jared how was that having foster kids in your home he said it wasn't easy he said I had to learn to share (laughs) don't think you or me came out of the womb generous we didn't I have five grandchildren Rio and Quincy love McDonald's Jack and Lucy love Chick-fil-a when I took Rio and Quincy a few weeks ago to McDonald's those fries, I don't care what anyone says, manna from heavens or McDonald's fries. There's nothing better than a fresh, hot McDonald's fry. And don't look at me that you're holy and you don't go there. There's 60 something billion people that eat that, that place every year. Somebody's lying up in here. I know you get your Big Mac and supersize it and you put it in a Whole Foods bag and bring it to lunch, but we know what you're eating. So I I was eyeing the fries. It's like, God, they look good. And I was hoping and praying Quincy would kind of look this way. And when he did, I grabbed it. I just grabbed one. What did he say? That's mine. I thought, actually, no, I'm the source of all McDonald's fries. I'm the one who bought it. And I could take your whole Happy Meal away and throw this toy in the trash. It's not, you, know, you give me that fry right now, boy. Are you with me? Why not be generous? Why not? Come on, God does not want your tip. God didn't need our money. The world needs our benevolence and our compassion. Can you say amen? Okay, stand up, my goodness. This is where we're going to end. Okay. Are you good? How many of you want to involve yourself with charitable giving? Okay, I still have about 20 left. Okay, no. Uh, Way back in the time before King David was born, Israel had just become a nation. And they had a man from the tribe of Judah. His name was Elimelech. And Elimelech, because they had, really, inflation beyond belief, it was called famine. It was an agricultural society. And so he left Bethlehem, the blessed place called the house of bread, to go, or the house of God, the house of bread, to go to Moab, which is a cursed place. In fact, this is what God said about the land of Moab. It's my toilet. Wow, I'm glad he's not saying that about California. Now, people from Texas do, but tell them not come. We have enough. Amen? You know, get this. In fact, God said, please get this. If you were a Moabite, I think we need to be cautious about sometimes we're stingy to people from different backgrounds. We need to be benevolent in all our living. God said, if you were a Moabite, you couldn't go to the temple for a thousand years. Well, when Limelech died, his two sons died, and it was his wife, Naomi and her two daughter-in-laws. One was Orpah and the other was Ruth. And she said they had a law that if a woman died and her husband didn't have any brothers or he had a brother or a relative, that relative would marry the woman and she would have a child and their first son would be named after the deceased husband. And so Naomi said, "Hey." Girls, even if I get married tomorrow, it'll take years for him to grow up. Go, you stay here. You stay here. One of them left, Orpah, but Ruth said, no. I've seen your charitable action and giving. I've seen your acts of generosity. And where you go, I'm going to go. And your people are going to be my people and your God is going to be my God. So they would go. Remember I told you in the Torah in a field the four corners they left for the poor and the needy they fed like you feed and so it says that this man Boaz, the wealthiest man in that region that he told the workers leave handfuls on purpose for her and protect her. Generosity has the power of redemption in the threads of our charitable giving. Because that woman would end up marrying that man, and she is in the lineage of Jesus Christ in the same law that said she was not allowed to worship for a thousand years. Now is not only worshiping the Son of God came through her lineage. Why? Because of charitable giving. When we begin to give charity to people with no strings attached, it brings redemption, not only for their lives now, but for the entire legacy of this person as we continue to give in generosity. Can you say amen? Put your hands like this. Pastor Michael's going to come up. We're going to partake in communion. Father, I want to follow and truly Adam and Melissa, Jimmy and Susan Lee, I want to be this type of person. That I want to be. Come on, Lord, I want to give homeless people a dollar. I know what people say. I'm going to use it on drugs, but I don't want to stand before Jesus. Said I was homeless and you didn't even give me a dollar. Come on, I want to be involved. With, we could go once a month to a shelter. We could go visit someone. I want to make a difference in people's lives. And Father, I pray now a release of, of the spirit of generosity that will be unleash charitable giving in this city, in this state at a level that the government will begin to see. We are not just here for ourselves, we are here for those who are struggling, who are in need, who are marginalized in the great name of Jesus and everyone said amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.